Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome back to the Rugby Pod. I'm your host, Andy Rowan. As usual, I'm joined by Big German Goody's back. How was Dubai, mate? Oh, it's great, mate. Amazing to get time away from work. And actually, I'm doing, I've got too many jobs. Thanks very much to Rugby Pass for the help with the pod. You can watch the show on rugbypass.com. And a massive thanks to Rowan Co. for sponsoring the pod this week. It's a new Irish whiskey. Should we, should we have a taste of it? Mate, Irish? Yes. I am Irish this oh, week. Oh, you're Go, Irish Goody, this week, You can have any. What's... Yep. It's, uh, it's Rowan Co. Hold on. Ready? Ready? A good a good whiskey bottle goes like this. Oh, oh yes, Row and Co. And then hold Row on, Row and Co. Yeah, hold on. Oh, oh that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cheers, oh, cheers. Oh, cheers. Oh, oh, you having one too, Gilly? Oh yeah, oh, that that's a great half one. Noise. It was a half one. That's a great. Oh, noise. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Oh, all right. Yeah. Thank you. yeah, cheers. Oh, oh there we go. Yeah. And thank you to uh, Rowan Co. So this is celebrating the Irish Grand Slam. Yeah. Hey, Goody, we're yeah. celebrating. Well, let's celebrate that. Uh, okay. Just uh, ready? Oh, it's very smooth. It's Sorry, vanilla, vanilla and fruits. Sort of what, are you some honey. whiskey connoisseur or what? A little bit. Yeah. Okay, yeah. We, I like my whiskey. Oh. Very, are you allowed to lace it with uh, Coke, full fat? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, it is good to have you back. On the way to the podcast, have you been stung by hive of bees? I've just got a bit of tan, mate. What are you about? Mate, you're inflamed. Like, you look like you've been stung. Oh, like, let's talk about that. Hang on. Your face and your neck. Your neck's all swollen. <laughs> <laughs> but hold on, let's, can we talk about you? You've come in a dress. What the fuck are you wearing? I look like Marilyn Manson, mate. Is, got is, black... that, is that Beck's dress or something? Mate, it is. It is. It's holes just cool, in it. mate. You look, pe- you look like a tramp. Mate, people are, are going to be wa- watching this and being going out and getting it. I don't know where you get it from, mate. Maybe, maybe Topshop. Um, seriously? Yeah. Dubai was great. Then oh. your boobs are like sticking out the sides now, not just the front. I'm in, I'm in great shape. Yeah. Uh, no, I had a really good trip. Started. See, I, I was dreading it to be honest. Why? The, not the holiday, the flight, because of what Jim set me up. Right. Uh, yeah. With his flight, because was it Phoebe or no Max? The first thing Max does spews all over me. And he doesn't even know which one it was because he hates his kids. <laughs> He's like, no, oh, Phoebe's five, man. I, I don't think she spewed on me. Uh, no, sorry, Freya is what I mean. Freya, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and it was a bit awkward. So. We get to the airport, and the lady at the checking desk was like, um, on the flight you're on, there's not two bazanet seats together. Unfortunately, we have to separate you. So I said to my missus, I was like, which one do you want? You can pick. And she's like, well, it doesn't matter. I'll have Olivia. You have Isabella. Anyway, so I go onto my side of the plane, and she's on her side. So you get take off and all this stuff, and you get you going... I'm just looking at Isabella or Fedder. They say feed the mate, twin. It's great to hear, hear the names. I didn't even know the names. So I know them now. Well, you don't even know your own kids' names, mate. So, <laughs> yeah. so feeding, uh, feeding Isabella, and that, as you're taking off, she's like nodding off. Oh, happy days. Seatbelt light goes off. Bazinet seat comes down, stick her in it, put the duvet on her. Just watch her for about 20 seconds. Gone. Asleep. I thought you meant gone out the window. No. no. Well, <laughs> well, this is the thing. My missus thought about doing that. Um, put her in the side. I'm like that. Recline, happy days, lie back, stick a movie on, bit of grub, fall asleep. Four hours later, I hear a little... Mm-hmm. Isabella's waking up. I've been asleep for I three hours. I thought you were going to say the missus with the, with the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Um, anyway, so I've woken up. I'm like, oh, just a bit startled. Got Isabella out. I thought, yeah, I'll give her a bit more milk and hopefully she goes back to sleep. Anyway, fed her again. I thought, What's the moral of this story? Do you get, I like- fed her and I thought to myself, I better go and see how the other two are, the missus and... Uh, Olivia, walk over the other side. She's like, oh, this one's going out the window. <laughs> I've picked the best one. <laughs> Sleeping all the way. Mrs. is fuming. Uh, but all good. And how many nannies in Dubai? Uh, we just had one quite a lot. Okay. So okay. 12 till 4 every day, tops off. You saw it. You saw the, the Rugby Pass mm. uh, Facebook Live. Yeah, it looked like you are cuddling a lion, mate. Yeah. Mrs. was holding my ice cream for me. Twins were asleep. It just That's the life. And have you been sung by a bee, yes or no? No, I haven't. Okay, no. You haven't. Just, no, I've, just, I've just eaten at Nobu and uh, where else did we go? Tell the stone away yeah. there. Um, <laughs> Amazing though. Mate, but you missed of, me. I, thanks mate, for the text, Jim. I appreciate mate, it. I did. I, we, we did we miss did you. Miss, yeah. We missed you. But talking of amazing... Thanks, guys. That means a lot. Yeah. Talking of amazing, Andy Rowe. Yes, congratulations, is, mate. Thank well, you very awesome. much. Yeah. Half marathon yesterday. How was it? It was very, very cold, very muddy, very slippery. Literally felt like a giraffe on roller skates. I was sliding Nothing wrong with that, mate. Nothing wrong with that. Did you reach your target? Yeah, I did, actually. Well, um, what was the target? Oh, I think it was like 470 quid or something like that. Oh, no, 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 sorry, as in, oh, I'm talking timings. Oh, mate, there's no time, mate, he's got a bum bag, mate, he just needs to get over the line. <laughs> yeah, what no, time did you do it in? I did it in hour 48, not as fast as I was hoping. Hour 48, that's quick, isn't it? I, I reckon I could walk it that quick, mate. <laughs> I've, do, I've done donated. Good if you donated. I will. Yeah, what we need to will do. Do. Matt Hampson. No, you have to go yeah. on the you have to go on the Just Giving page. Yep. Just Giving forward slash Andy Rowan line for Matt Hampson. Yeah, for the Matt Hampson Foundation. 
um, there's been a lot of big donations, especially uh, Christopher Lindsay, who pretty much uh, quadrupled anyone that was uh, close to him as far as... All right, Chris. All right, Chris. How much did you put in, Jim? How much did I? £3.50 in a bag of Chris. 50 quid. Did you? 50 notes? 50 quid, yeah. It's just pocket change. So thank you very much to everyone who did donate. Um, Goody, you were at Twickenham. Oh. uh, (laughs) Weren't you? You were at Twickenham to see... uh, Island win, just their third Grand Slam in their history. Yep. What was the atmosphere like? Hang there? on, go back there. You, you, you weren't witnessing the Grand Slam. You were wit- witnessing England finish fifth yeah. in the Six Nations Championship. And you know what? <laughs> Every cloud... We can sit there and Jim, we can laugh. We can laugh. Every cloud has a silver lining. What? So I'll tell you what the silver lining is. Eddie's going to get sacked. The what? last team... Well, no. Eddie's he's got loads of credit in the bank. That's just ludicrous, Jim. So, you know, pipe down. Mate, ludicrous? <laughs> he ain't getting sacked. Let's have a listen to this. 2006 was the last time England lost three Six Nations games. And this team now, the 2018 vintage is worse than the 2006 vintage of which I played in. So I was in the team that was, or part of the team that was the worst ever England team in the Six Nations until this year. So fuck them. They get their shit. Sack them all. How bad? How bad? We've lost our way. We've lost our way massively. Lost our way? Mate, you're, you're watching that game and people are saying to me, can Ireland go there and get the Grand Slam? And... I thought they had a chance. Mm. Hey, they, they walked it by half time. They won mm. it by half time. No yeah. wonder they weren't celebrating at the end. But our boys were, they just look absolutely shattered. They've got no energy. They're training too hard. You talk to some of the, there's little snippets coming out from some of the players now that the training intensity is, is tougher than a game. And, you know, they're, and you look at them and they are absolutely, as you would say, Jim, fucked. I just can't, I agree with you. Like, I, I'm looking at it and they do not look primed. And, you know, we mentioned it last week on the podcast with, with BMAC that do you think it's a long-term plan for Eddie Jones? Do you think he wants this team under pressure? Do you think he's training them this hard? So come the World Cup, they're prepared. Because if, if that isn't the case, it's been a disaster. Yeah, you look at historically with Eddie Jones, he has goes to a new place, upturning fortunes for a couple of years and then is a plateau. Historically, that's always happened. Now, He's talking about, oh, we're going to be the fittest team in the bloody world and all this stuff to beat the All Blacks and all that. And, you know, we want to take on the All Blacks. Have a, you've got to have a, a little look at yourself and how you're running the ship. And for me, the big thing for me is I go back to 2006 and we were average. There was no big, there was no Johnny Wilkinson, uh, hence I played. And there was about 17 other people injured, hence I played. But there were people in our group. So there was Matt Dawson, there was Lawrence Delalio in 2006. There were people and characters in that squad that would challenge Andy Robinson as coach and say, listen, we're doing this wrong, we're doing that wrong. And it takes a a couple of bad results to be able to get the coach to believe it. But Eddie Jones always harps on about lack of leaders. You know, we're trying to build this leadership group. You look at the caps of the players in that team now, there's a lot over 50 caps or pushing around 50 caps. So you talk about leadership and there isn't any, that's down to the coach. If If you give them loads of games... For me, he's quite autocratic or very autocratic. What the hell does that mean? That sounds like he has his book, his book crack out the whole time. It's what? <laughs> autocrack out. It's basically autocrack out. Oh, dear, education. It's basically his way or the highway sort of thing. Yeah. And the only person, and I, I, I genuinely mean this, the only person I think, realistically in world rugby, that thinks Dylan Hartley is England's best hooker and therefore making him captain is Eddie Jones. So when your leader is in the squad, your captain is in the team, not on form, off the back of. Eddie Jones going, he's my captain, he's my leader. And he knows himself, Dylan Hartley, Jamie George is a better option at hooker. How much is he going to question Eddie Jones, his coaching methods, his um, training methods? And how much is he going to go up to Eddie Jones and go, listen, boys are hanging. We need to cut back a bit. Because you can tell in every performance, Scotland, we were lethargic. France, same. There was no, we're playing for England, we're jumping. At, like two years ago, a year ago, Maratoji whooping and hollering and winning collisions. But they, they don't look like they're enjoying it. So when they're out there uh, playing... Bank, their bank balance is enjoying it. Mate, I, I just, I can't put my finger on it. But to finish fifth... Bill, Billy, 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 missing Billy yeah. Vinopola. And there's one player, that, one, there is, but that is a huge... You imagine, you, you play with Billy, right? Yeah, but you've got to be able to play with that one player. No, I know, Mate, I know, I know, I know Billy's I that good. I completely agree. But Billy is that good that we're not getting on the front foot at all. And then we haven't got someone... At 10, George Ford has been poor. He's no good as a 10 when you're not on the front foot. On the front foot, he's great, as most 10s are by myself. But in a game where we're just getting negative ball carries, like when you used to carry, Jim, you know, just going backwards. Well, you get quick ball, though. Yeah, just hit, put the ball. Hit the deck, mate. Hit the, hit the deck, deck. Hit the deck. Ball, the ball back. Off you go. But we're not getting over the game. Are we? Structurally, and this is the thing, you talk about Eddie Jones being autocratic, Jim. Crack out. Yeah. yeah. He's the attack coach. We haven't got an attack. 
Well, it stems from the breakdown. You're watching Ireland bust the line, getting over three or four metres, yep. but it isn't just one play. It's not just standard no, no, doing no, that. No, but it's, that's, co- that's well, yeah. processes, that systems and attack. You watch Farrell at 10, and he stood and delivered the whole time. Not attacking the line, just firing out passes. And there was a bit of the Irish line speed, but you know what it's like when you play for Saracens, when you're on top defensively because you're winning those collisions, how easy is it defending with line speed and the attack just gets a little bit deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. And, you know, we had opportunities to take three points here or there. We kept going to the corner. Our line-out drive was poor. Um, we got one decent drive when Omani got Simbin. Yeah, which should have been a penalty <laughs> try, but yeah. Should it? Yeah, well, yeah of course, yeah, yeah, yeah should have been, yeah. Um, uh, well, that's why Cruz played. Cruz played for the line-out option. But Maratoji, what's happened to him? Oh, like He's, mate, he's dead on his know. feet. And how many times can he go to the well, Jim? Mate, you can't. Goody, where do England go from here, mate? Oh, wow. Where do they go? Um, what do they do? Sack them all? Get rid of them all? No, no, no. There's big, big question marks now. Eddie Jones, is you can't talk about him getting the sack. He's got a two-year extension off the back of uh, the 2019 World Cup. But there are big question marks. And he's got to be accountable for... You know, we all jumped on the bandwagon when we were doing well. And maybe we went a little bit too far. But there are clearly issues there. And, you know, the big decision for him, you've got someone like Clive Woodward coming out and saying, you've got to take your strongest team to South Africa now to get back on the horse, etc. And you can't rest the Lions. Well, Eddie Jones has still talked about winning the World Cup in 2019. And the process of that is going to have to be resting some players and managing that emotional and physical energy that they've got. So um, he, he's got to make some changes. He, he mentioned some players' careers might be over uh, in a roundabout way. Hartley! Hartley! <laughs> <laughs> Well, someone that may be able to give us some insight on, into where England do go from here is our friend of the show, James Haskell. Thank you very much for joining us, Hesk. Hello. Oh, banter stations. How are you? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Let's not talk about who we're ending careers, right? It's already happened to me once, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm back for a, short, for a short time only. It's like a guest showing. Hass, you're loving the show, aren't you, mate? You love it on no. here. No, no, I'd never listen to it unless you called me, honestly. <laughs> I don't like rugby, and I... Certainly, got three noises. Think about rugby. Mate, Chloe texted me said you're you're a massive listener and a big fan. So let's get you on the show. So you know, um, what I was going to say, Hass, you sound like you've been on the cigars, mate, celebrating. Like they say, we had Geordie Murphy on. He was celebrating. I'm only joking. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't. So, know. Thank God you have to point out when you're joking, so I know when to laugh. And not laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Is it play on or not? I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it's play on, sir. It's play on. I'm actually sitting on the sofa. Drinking a cup of tea—that's the extent of my. Was well, nothing to celebrate, is there? We came fifth. Well, mate, you nearly got the wooden spoon. Um, it's true. I'm only. It's I'm, true. I, yeah. I know, well, mate, you abused me playing for Scotland for so long when you were right. You so were, you it's, were shit. It's Jim. my way back in, Jim. You were shit, to be fair. But Hask, obviously, <laughs> post game. What was said post game? Because there's a few mixed messages in the press for me by Eddie. Um, I just think it was, was was very clear that we were, you know, very disappointed in um, how the Six Nations has gone. That you couldn't fault the the effort and the work, but you know, we found areas that we need to clearly work on. Um, and, and that you know, there'll be changes of selection, there'll be changes of um, you know things we need to address. And everyone's got a lot to stuff to, to to work on. And I think that it's very clear that you know, professional rugby or any sport is it's like a roller coaster. You know, you kind of have your your up moments where everyone enjoys it, and you have a down moment. And we, we're sort of on a down moment at the, at the moment. But look, you know, after 2015, everyone wanted to burn uh, Northern Hemisphere rugby, especially the England team, and we we're never going to do anything good. And then six months later, we won a Grand Slam. So anything can change, and uh, you've got to just have belief and confidence and, and keep perspective. Well, I've done a bit of research on you, Hask. Um, obviously, you know how I like to watch you very very closely in the showers yes. and places. Um, so you didn't miss a tackle. You made 10 carries. Um, the England back row certainly missed you. Your impact on the Six Nations for your little cameo against France and then obviously against Ireland was um, pretty emphatic for me. Captain material. Yes. Pass for captain, mate. You were calling it. <laughs> well, imagine that. HMS, with the HMS Titanic, if I was captain, straight down. Obviously, uh, with things developing, you know, we, we know you're leaving Wasps. Um, you'll obviously want to be desperately staying in England to get to that 2019 World Cup, won't you? Yeah, I mean, that's the plan. Um, obviously, I was left out of the autumn internationals. I think, you know, any opportunity to play with, with uh, you know, England and be involved is, is, is very special. And that's, you know, that's what I wanted to do, really. So I've got to put myself in the best possible position to to be able to do that. You know, I think for me, it was just nice to be back in with um, with England during the Six Nations. Obviously, it wasn't the results we wanted, but, you know, the intensity of training, the being around those quality players, um was 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 great for me and uh yeah you know however long that lasts you never know uh you've just got to keep your head down and keep working hard and that's that's all i've done really and when you talk about intensity of training obviously i've watched a hell of a lot of training in my time how brutal is it because it's the sessions that i've seen england train are tougher than test matches aren't they 
Yeah, I mean, I remember the old Goody Mondays. You've never trained on a Monday in 20 years of career. It, it wasn't just a Monday, mate. Let's, I, I didn't come out till <coughs> Thursday, really, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Team Monday. No, Simon Shaw had the, the specialty monopoly on that. He would basically play on Saturday, Sunday, Monday. He was definitely going to have to retire. Tuesday, there was a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. A Wednesday, day off. Thursday, wasn't sure. Friday, team run. Saturday, get man of the match and then go around again. Exactly. That's what the old fellas do, mate. Um, um, there's rumours that you've been over the border, mate, to the promised land in Scotland. Glasgow, Edinburgh. Can you give us anything on where you're going next season? Is it Bristol's? Is it Northampton? Or are you going to go no, and play in Scotland? I, honestly, lads, I'd love to tell you I don't have anything, but I'm very careful what I say because somehow people actually listen to this show and everyone thought I was going to Bristol. Well, I'm not going to Bristol. How much, ask, how much do you want? How much do you want next year? <laughs> what, to play? Yeah, I'm, I'm worth 700. <laughs> so yeah. you'd be about two, three. <laughs> Yeah, probably, but I, I, th- I said if you can pay my subs, um, and I want, you know, obviously, probably sausage and chips post-game. Oh, yes, please. Um, can you get me a portion uh, as well? <laughs> I think you've had too many, have you? <laughs> Possibly. He's been sung by a bee on the way to the podcast, mate. That's all I know. <laughs> you, need, uh, you need my book, Perfect Fit, sir, which is available. I'll get you a signed copy. Too goody. Sort your rig out. Love, Joe. Well, funnily enough, one of the last times we had you on the show, you said, oh, mate, don't worry about the book. It's a waste <laughs> it's of time. <laughs> no, that was, that was the rugby book. This is a new book. Oh, okay. Oh, it's okay. a new one. Oh, I'll take that one, mate. I'll What's it called, one. Hask? Perfect Fit. Perfect Fit. Perfect Fit. I'm about a size 34 double D at the minute, so is that all right? Or? <laughs> Very nice, very nice. We can help any, anyone of any size, any age, any training thing we can sort out. So um, I'll, get you boys a, I'll get you boys a copy of it. But no, but look, but as I get regards next year, I have no idea where I'm going to be. At the moment, it's going to be, um, you know, Joe Launchby came from Sainsbury's to professional rugby. I'm looking <laughs> like I'm heading back that way. Mate, to be fair, I need a gardener, so uh, get yourself down to Gerald's Cross, pal. Yeah, that's no problem. The amount of cash you've got, I will take 200 grand a year to your garden. <laughs> and you've got your digger as well, haven't you? I have, I have. If you need anything digging up, I'm actually, I'm actually a man. I think I might go into that full-time JCB driving. Oh, there it is, JCB. Plug. Yeah. It's what we do. Yeah. You get a contract with them next year. <laughs> I've already got one. So that's <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hesk, thank you so much for coming on the show, mate. Uh, and best of luck. I know you put your best foot forward over the weekend. Hopefully that leads to uh, more bigger things for you in the future, mate. Cheers, lads. And Cheers, said, if, you need, if you need the ratings boost, please give me a call, but I'm going to have to start charging. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Mate, it's all right, all right. mate. We've got John Barkley on, mate. He's going to rate the, the boost. Who's that? Up, mate. <laughs> exactly, who's that? Cheers, <laughs> Asker. I'm joking. For everyone goes, he doesn't know who John Barkley is. I know who he is. <laughs> mate, he's the one who absolutely right dominated England a couple of weeks yeah, ago, yeah. mate. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I was in the stand. Oh. Good man. Cheers, Cheers mate. Cheers, boys. See you later. Cheers, Bye, Good man. It's a good dude. Yeah, he is. He is. And you know, I read I read something in the paper today that said the tough thing about when you're getting hosed and, you know, obviously England are on a three-game losing streak is after the game, you talk about players having to go and do press and they hate doing it because you get asked tough questions. But there was some comments about things to come out of the Six Nations and it said a lot of the England boys didn't want to speak to the press after Saturday, but James Haskell is someone that always puts himself out there to ask difficult, answer difficult questions and he's someone that will is very approachable to the... To the press, yeah. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about the, the Ireland. Gr- yeah, they were grand that, I mean, slammers. But they, you, you talk about Eddie Jones, compare him to Joe Schmidt, and you've got a team that are all singing off the same hymn sheet. They're not trying to reinvent the wheel in terms of everyone's doing this flash attack, but they are so well organised. They are just you just know what's coming for them. They look hungry. Yeah, mate. Everything they do, whether it's a kick chase, whether it's a tackle, obviously when they're carrying, they look hungry. Yeah, like they've not eaten for a long time, Goody. Yeah. And here's the thing. When you've got Tad Furlong putting a little ball in like that to Bundyaki Mate, to open up Furlong's the Furlong's been classic. Oh, how good. Yeah, tight head prop standing off a shortened line out. And all the 25 Engl- minutes into the game. All the England defence is like, well, he ain't doing anything with it. Yeah, so he's fucked. He's giving it back to Sexton on the wraparound. Oh, no. Short ball out the back. Here we Jim go. Hamilton style. There you go. Uh, off his tits and then boom. No, I'm joking. But what a ball. Amazing. One of the heroes from, from Ireland, uh, Geordie Murphy, is on the phone at the moment. Geordie, thank you very much for joining us. Hey, lads. Thanks for having me. Congratulations. How does it feel to be uh, part of one of the three Grand Slam winning teams in Irish history, mate? Uh, it's pretty special, yeah. It uh, still hasn't really sunk in yet. Yeah, I suppose the first day that we're all kind of getting our bearings, it was a pretty good couple of days after. So um, I'm sure we'll be able to enjoy it now in the next few weeks and let it sink in. Geordie, it's Jim. Thanks for tweeting me, friend. Um, I appreciate that. So I feel a part of the Irish setup now from you messaging me. Thank you for that. Uh, I feel like we're friends from afar. Brandon's kind of always spoken so highly. So, you know, I've, I've been enjoying the show now. So hopefully we'll get to meet face to face sometime soon as well. But he's, he's claimed he's filled you in, though, that Jimmy, haven't you? You've claimed no, no, I've you? never played against oh, Jordan. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't either. I saw him carrying the ball. <laughs> Jordy, you sound like you've smoked 20 cigarettes or 20 cigars, mate. How is the throw? How were the celebrations? Uh, yeah, they were pretty epic. 
um, good couple of days, obviously, as uh, as it was pointed out there. It's kind of only the third time Ireland's done the Grand Slam, so we uh, we made sure we celebrated it well. Anyway, what was the welcome back in Dublin? I saw, I think it was your might have been your Instagram video of the the reception straight off the plane. But what was there anything happening in Dublin? Yeah, well, there was actually meant to be um, a big function in the Viva with fans and everything, but they had to cancel it last minute just because of uh, weather. But we, we went back to the Shelburne and had kind of family and friends there, so we uh, we had a good send-off there. It was good. And just skipping back to Saturday night and uh, Sunday morning, tell us exactly how hard it was celebrated. What did you do? Do you, you stay together in the team hotel? Did you hit the heights of London? Did you get out in Mayfair, you know, my town? A uh, few of the younger boys went clubbing now, but uh, most of us just ended up staying at the hotel kind of up until all hours. And then, uh, what was it, Sunday morning, we uh, we started the breakfast club at about half nine, so uh, one or two pints there and kind of continued on into yesterday. Um, moved on to the points of water now today and for the rest of the week. But, uh, you know, like, like I said, it was a good couple of days. Uh, did Joe Smith bring his cats to the after party or not? <laughs> I didn't see any cats now. Uh, I think Jamie Jamie said before on the podcast, no comments to that question. So I <laughs> yeah. think I'm going to follow soon. Mate, in the, in the squad, when you're in the squad, don't say anything like that. Um, obviously, this week you say you're on back on the water now. We've obviously got a two-week build-up to your massive quarter-final where you're going to dominate Saracens probably for Leinster. Uh, are you are you guys back in the mix for your provinces this weekend? Are you, are you playing? Are you rested? Are you filtering uh, back in? Yeah, so I reckon the, well, the boys have got plenty of game time now might might get this weekend off but uh now i'm back in tomorrow morning now so i uh, gotta rest and recover now for the rest of the day and we're we're playing ospreys this weekend uh away so easy win they don't have europe the week after so i'm sure they'll have plenty of their internationals back and it'll be a, be a good game to kind of springboard into that big quarter final the week after yeah nice and obviously um looking at joe schmidt and you know we actually hold him in a really high regard as, as a coach he's done a fantastic job Where, where's the the momentum now going to continue as the irish team you're not going to be talking about the world cup surely but um with that in the distance and you up to number two in the world that's a, a massive statement isn't it yeah i think so yeah look we're we're an ambitious squad we're very hungry i think uh, to kind of win more and we've got this summer torn out to australia so that'd be great to come back from there with with a couple of wins and um, obviously come Six Nations again next year be, again a good springboard to, to go well in that leading into the World Cup so look like I know the World Cup's a long way away but you got to be ambitious and kind of think that hopefully if we keep going well we, we, we're in with a good chance <clears throat> Mate you mentioned next season so you're off to Ulster uh, was that a tough decision? Um, how, how's that uh, been received? Yeah it was, it was definitely a tough decision like all in all Playing underage stuff with Leinster, I've been with the province kind of nearly over ten years now, so it was definitely a tough decision. But look, I for for the betterment of my own rugby career, I kind of was just in one of those situations. We've we've got a lot of backlog, obviously, in Leinster with some quality back rows, and it was kind of on the big kind of European days. I I wasn't really getting a go, and it was one of those things. I was just not the kind of player that wants to hang around and uh, not be involved on those big match days. So I kind of just realised. Like had a good chat with my dad um, to start of the season after a couple of weeks and realising I wasn't in the frame on uh, some of the bigger days, I kind of just thought that I needed to move on and it, it kind of put me in a better position then to, like everyone's ambition I suppose is to play for their country and if you're not playing the really big games with your province you're just not going to be playing for your country so that was really uh, what, what the making, or what the decision was for me was just to try and be involved in, in the big games on big days in Europe and stuff. And just on that, with Ulster um, in a bit of a pickle at the minute in terms of the coach and stuff, have you had dialogue with them to say what's going to be happening in terms of coaches coming in for next year? Yeah, well, we've had a bit of chat backwards and forwards. Obviously, when I, when I first signed, I, I signed thinking that Kissy and uh, John O'Gibbs were going to be there next yeah. year. But sure, look, that's rugby. It's people come and go pretty quick. But um, no, like... I, the only thing I can do now is just try and play as well as I can for Leicester. I've got a couple of weeks left here and we're, we're in with a shout in both competitions that we're playing in and uh, the rest will just look after itself. I'm sure, like, look, Ulster's a pretty prestigious team and I'm sure that there'll be plenty of world-class coaches that want to be involved next year. All right, Geordie, thank you so much for joining us, mate. Um, get into those pints of water and enjoy the rest of the week, mate. I will do. Cheers, lads. Cheers, Geordie. Cheers, Geordie. Cheers best friend. Best. Bye, Geordie. Thank you. I'll tell, tell you what was interesting there is, and you'll, you'll understand this, Jim. He says, you know, he talks about openly and honestly there about he saw his pathway blocked at Leinster uh, in being involved in the big games. And then, you know, your dream is to play for your country. 
Uh, so he's got a move to do that. So it's very similar to, to, to Jim, you know, being English, had his pathway blocked. So I thought, fuck this, I, I'm, I'll go and play for a second rate country mm. in Scotland. And look at me, mate. Yeah. Global superstar. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, you know, speaking to George, it's interesting, isn't it? Because he, he, well, he said there, he admitted that he wasn't first choice for Leinster, but how good was he off the bench? You talk about carrying his carrying he's ability a unit, as though. well. He's an absolute unit. He's a beast, mm. and he's my friend. Yeah. You're my friend. I love you. Can we can we talk about your friends? What? Actually, because it's you're quite cringeworthy on uh, social media, aren't you? Why? Well, I just want to pull up a, a quick example, really. What have you found? So, so you're going on about friends, and I've got all these followers and all this stuff, and I you don't know, go on about anything. And you know, you've got really famous followers, and now you're like friend, friend. Geordie Murphy's my friend. Really what? excited. Yeah. Um, J.K. Rowling tweets on Saturday. Italy were fantastic. Jim Hamilton replies, were you in Rome, J.K. Rowling? Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you're really good friends. And did she respond? Did yeah, she bollocks? Yeah, actually, no, she, she, she private messaged oh, me, of course, Yeah, of course she did. Private message from Joe. Can, we, can I see it? I'm going to read it out. No, can I see it? No, 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 hang on. Let me see it private and read it out from Joe. Hi, Jim. Yes, yes he, I am in Rome. These are lies. Are you? These are lies. Would love to join you for a celebratory drink. Uh, I miss you. Yeah, yeah. Joe, uh, I miss you too. Absolute oh shit, Jim. You got denied. No, not denied. I'm really good friends with J.K. Rowling. Who are, you, are you here? Can I meet you? Her name is Joe. Whatever. Her name is Joe. Embarrassing. And she, she is my friend. Have a word with yourself. She, yeah. I just want to go back to um, go back to Ireland. Um, friend of the show, Jacob Stockdale. Oh, I mean, we are influencers, aren't we? Mm. He's player of the Six Nations comfortably for me. What about, mate, his try, his final try in the enlarged in goal area yep. summed it up for me yep. you talk about confidence a lot of his tries well, he, uh, I'm going to say I, I could have finished them but no dream. mate he's been patient he's taken yeah. them but mate you, you know more about it than me Goody oh, but mate. how confident must he have been to take that try well, some, some of the tries he scored a couple of real good defensive reads getting intercepts etc which is a big part of the wingers game now but that try just before half time and that shows the coaching abilities and the understanding of Ireland they were literally at times during those 14 or 15 phases, going nowhere. They kept probing. They, they were comfortable ball in hand. They all understood what happens and how to manipulate defences. Eventually, Conor Murray sees it's just Richard Wigglesworth defending uh, the short side on his own. He's got Stockdale with him. Gone down. Lovely little play from Conor Murray. Gives a two-on-one, but then holds on to Richard Wigglesworth a bit, which means Wiggy can't bounce off him and get to Stockdale. Stockdale, the size of him, the wheels on him... Mm. The skill to chip it. The and piece on him. The piece on him, apparently. You just see his chip over, absolutely rinses his Mike Brown, absolutely skins him. And Johnny May should have tackled him. Yeah. Sure well, it would have been a penalty try. If Johnny May tackles him there, because what, what Stockdale does really well, and every player, or not every player, majority of players would have gone for that with their hands and because of the bounce of the rugby ball, would have probably knocked it on. He looks, at, he, he's there... He's won the, the half battle to get to the ball first. His hands are in a position if it does pop up nicely to catch it. But because he knows he's probably going to knock it on, his hands don't really move and he knees it a bit, wins the second race and gets a touchdown. But if Johnny May tackles him there and then, it's a penalty try. You know, you know what he's thinking? He's thinking, I've come on the podcast, talked it up that we're going to win the Grand Slam. I've, I've got to score this try. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm fucked. Well, he hit it with his third leg, didn't he, up the middle? He did, on. mate. He did. Um, but yeah, you talk about the extended uh, in-goal areas. Obviously, England and Eddie Jones wanted that, but it went against us. But amazing bit of skill. Stockdale comes on the show. He's voted for as one of the Six Nations Player of the Years. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Ireland fully deserved. Jim, you were in Rome. What did you make of that game? Scotland just got home. How lucky. Oh, mate, they were lucky. <laughs> mate, they were. But I tell you what, a good game of ruggers. Big game of the weekend, wasn't it? Wouldn't have been decided, wouldn't it? it would, normally it would have been. England finished fifth, that's all I know. <laughs> um, and I was disappointed with Scotland, to be fair. But on reflection, like looking at it, that was a good win for them because Italy turned up. They actually played really well. Mate, Italy, they, didn't they? They, they, mate, they attacked really well. Mate, I tell you what, Greg what? Laidlaw worth his weight in gold. Pipe Moves out. to 10, hell of a piece. Moved to 10, controlled the game. You know what? Italy shot themselves in the foot, right? So Italy had an opportunity to win the game. All they had to do was exit, right? So Scrum Half gets the ball, pass it to Thomas o- O'Allen. Tommaso Allen. Tomas O'Allen. Uh, passes him into the pocket. He kicks the ball out. Okay, goes about 10 metres. So they get a 30 metre, Scotland get a 30 metre line out. Yeah, drive it. Been driving to the cow shed all day. Everything that you put in place. Everything I've put in place. The mall, so important. Penalty, laid law kicks. You're like, if, if you're Italy or you're Conor O'Shea, you are going out of your nut. Yeah. You say, give him the ball and kick the ball as long as you possibly can. Um, but it, from a Scotland sense, 
to finish third. That's the second Six Nations where they've got three wins back to back. So, mm. they're what, what about the celebrations though? When they well, this is what we'll, we'll speak to John Barkley oh, okay. about. We've got John Barkley on the phone at the moment, have we? Yep, John. Thank you very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me, uh, John. Scenes after the game. Yeah. Look, look, looks like the boys won the cup final, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the boys, Finn was doing a cartwheel, I think, at the side of the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Jim's just jealous, Come mate. On, you got three Come wins. On, he's, yeah, just, he's just jealous because he never got three wins. The twenty-nine percent. Yeah, I, John, I, John, I know why you're doing cartwheels, mate. Win <laughs> bonus. Win bonus, mate. <laughs> he's gone. Oh, you're a disgrace, Jim. And you. I know. Uh, Barks. Let's talk a little bit about the game. How was it from a Scotland point of view? Lucky to win the game? Do you think, or was that always the plan? <laughs> keep it tough. Would, keep it interesting. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the plan. I wouldn't say. We're lucky to win. I think you get you kind of get what you deserve, but I think uh, it's probably the best Italy have played, and maybe the sloppiest we played in the first half. But I think when we you play Italy normally, you can rely on them turning over the ball a bit. But they held the ball like I've never played against Italy like that when they've held the ball for multiple phases and tested us, and we arguably weren't our best either. So play a bit of both. Matt, I don't know what you mean. They held the ball. Ryan Wilson absolutely smoked Pelledri, and he just went through, mate. He's laughing again. Uh, he may, he's watching your tackle technique, I think, probably. <laughs> exactly. I feel mate, is a strong boy, mate. He's a strong boy. He was, so. he was good, actually. Yeah, he was. And obviously, he's been pretty good for Gloucester this year, hasn't he? So, did you, you obviously expected him, having probably watched games that he's played, to be a big, powerful ball runner and have that impact, didn't you, mate? Yeah, and I think the the blind side on Negri has been has been brilliant as well, and you know what you're getting from, from Sergio Pisa. So, we knew that they were going to be good there, and they picked two back rowers in the second row as well, so... Look, the way they played was it was tough, um, but you know ultimately we came away with the maximum points we could from the game. So despite not playing that well, so we're, we're you know we're happy with that then. And did you give Pelledri any banter? Because just over well just under a year ago he was, he was working in Subway. You ask him for a foot long, foot long or anything like that? Or? <laughs> Apparently he has got a foot long as well, mate. <laughs> I thought it was a squirrel, mate. No, um, I think him, him and Negri were playing for Hartbury College last year or something, which is pretty pretty ridiculous. Um, the Italian boys, I, I, I did, like, also they shaved like chunks of his head off. Like uh, Remember in Argentina, Jim, they did that to their boys. They've obviously got that ritual there where they, they just shaved parts of his head off and stuck it on other parts of his face. So. <laughs> Loose. Um, John, so what's the overall assessment, man? I know you've gone back to Scarlet's now and, and don't get to enjoy anything after it, but to finish third, two back-to-back Six Nations, having won three games, Scotland on the up? Um... I think obviously last year we finished with three wins, so we're we're pleased with I guess the consistency of, of that. Um, but from my point of view, point somehow with uh, Six Nations of some highs and some lows, really a bit inconsistent. Obviously the Wales week we were, we were very poor. Through France had the, the big win against England, which we probably played our best stuff, and then inaccurate against Ireland, so kind of up and down a bit. And the main issue was just our accuracy. We're trying to play the same way, um, but when we're not accurate, you know, you, you see how good the other teams in the Six Nations are, and we got punished. And obviously, looking forward to the summer, you've got a tour to Canada and USA, is it? Yeah, and Argentina. Yeah. Well, apart from Argentina, fairly easy. So you'll be jumping on that and just stopping off at Vegas, won't you? <laughs> My boys will be doing cartwheels on the pitch, on the pitch, mate. No, it's a serious tour, lad. You know that. Come on. <laughs> mate, I know as well. Hey, John, seriously, congratulations, mate. You know, that England game for me was one of the best performances I've seen from Scotland in mo- in the modern era, mate. Um, it was up there with my game against Romania in 2006, but no one remembers that, mate. John, as far as next year goes, do you think that you guys have got the squad that could uh, potentially win the Six Nations? Oh, look, I'm not going to make any any prediction. I think um, there was a lot of talk before the Nations about Scotland and how we'd had a good autumn and had three wins the year before. Um, but you see how tough it is. You know, Eng- who would have thought England would go from first to fifth? And, me, me. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those. Everyone is everyone is is that good. And if you if you're off, you you, you get beaten. So we we showed down the Nations. We won a few games and the games that we were a little bit off. But we you know we got beaten comfortably. So. Um, you know, I wouldn't make any grand uh, predictions. Uh, what I would say is, I think we're we're on the right path, and we're we're definitely going in the right direction, and showing a bit more consistency. And obviously, being over in Rome and stuff, uh, Jim was out there with ITV hobnobbing. Did you see how embarrassing his tweet was to J.K. Rowling? No, I can imagine. What did he say? <laughs> Uh, well, J- J.K. said, oh, Italy were pretty good or something. And he's like, uh, J.K., are you out in Rome? Embarrassing, isn't it? Oh, Jim. John, who's a favourite player? Uh, Hoggy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I was a favourite player. Every- everyone's favourite player, mate. Not you, Jim. Oh, OK. All right, John, thank you so much for coming on the show, mate. Uh, hell of a season uh, in the Six Nations and-, and good luck for the rest of the season. He's gone. He's gone. Yeah. He's had enough. Good so, lad, though, isn't he? Yeah. Good lad. He's a good-, I don't- good mate of yours, Jim? 
Mate, he's a good mate yeah, of mine. Yeah, of course good, he's a good mate of mine. Came to the wedding, weren't allowed to come to the stag do. One of those, eh? He wasn't, allowed, those. He wasn't allowed to go yeah, to the stag do. Stag do no. Really? No, it's just one of them. It's, you know, like, obviously allowed at the wedding. My, my whole thing about weddings and stag do's, I don't give a shit about the wedding. No. Stag, stag do. do. Sorry, Jim, there's no room at the wedding. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. The seats are usually fucking horribly uncomfortable. It's very awkward watching, you know, the blokes crying at the front. <laughs> Invite me well, to the stag do. Why is, it, why is he There's crying? No because room. of the stag do, or is he? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Coming off the back of uh, John Barclay, we've now got uh, Martin Castro Giovanni. Thank you very much for joining us. Who oh, is this? It's a beautiful guy. Oh, disgusting, disgusting. Castro, Castro. It's good to hear your voice, my friend. How are you, my friend? I'm very good, mate. Absolutely killing it at the minute, mate. Killing life at the minute. Oh, I don't think we're... Castro, you're massive now, on literally. And uh, on Italian TV, I keep seeing you. What are you doing? Dancing shows, singing shows? What are you doing? Well, I, what I did all my life is stupid, to be honest. <laughs> Just try to enjoy my life and laugh all the time. That's what I do. I, try, I did like similar things to UK Got Talent. A similar one. The, the Spanish version. It's called Tufi It's called Tufi Tufi what? Oh, Jimbo, how are you? You're a commentator, Matt. I'm commentator, uh, showbiz, mate, everything. Restaurants, Mac and Wild, Wolfpack Bar. You've been talking about cockers? How mate, much you love cockers or things like that, yeah? Mate, we love cockers, mate. We love cockers on this show. I know, I know. That's why I'm asking you, yeah? And we also, we also love Italian rugby as well, Castro. What do you make of Italy, mate? Sergio Parisi, is he absolutely fucked or what? <laughs> is he, how long <laughs> uh, is he going to keep going for? Well, I, I talked to him because uh, I don't know why. I watch. Uh, I did the last three games on, on the TV, but I don't do the commentator because I always hate commentators because they become a. They was a player, and after when they become a commentator, they say the things you hate. Yeah, Jim says to that. And yeah. I don't like the commentators like, like you know, like Jim Bodder. But anyway, uh, now to be honest, I watch a little bit of the game. I don't watch rugby. I never watch rugby in my life, to be honest. Uh, that's why cockers hate me. <laughs> but uh, to be honest, I saw the game. And uh, so, you know, I think Italy played the best game to play in the Six Nations. Uh, it was, uh, you know, can, I think in the end can go for both sides. Uh, but Italy, of course, always too many mistakes, too many, you know, uh, penalties in the time. You don't need to make the penalties. But, you know, it's a, it's a lot of young guys down there. You know, you need to give the time to them. And we don't, we are, we are not England or Scotland. We have a lot of players down there. It's, I think the, the under 21 they did quite well this, this year. Castro, are you, are you in a are you in a submarine? Mate, he's in the toilet. I think. <laughs> what are you doing in the toilet, Castro? No, my phone is is fucked, man. You know, I don't have anything anymore. It's better than alcohol. Who, 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 what an alcohol? Cigarettes and alcohol. Oh, okay. so. Cigarettes. Uh, obviously, yeah. you talk about some of the new younger players coming through. Minozzi became the first Italian to score four tries in six matches. Yeah, it's a lot of young guys down there, which is. The back, the two back rows, they, you know, they play quite well. You know, I saw Favaro, you know, I'm a friend of Favaro, and, and I think he was one of the best uh, back row we have there. But I think now he has a lot of competition because both of the guys play really well in the weekend. Of course, Sergio, every time I say Sergio, I say, I don't know how he make it. He's still in there. But I think he's, he loves that shirt and he loves his team and he will be there until he can play. But, you know, if you see Italy without Sergio... I think it's quite strange to to see it. But I think if he will come up to them, I think he will stop after the World Cup. To be honest. So is that is that Sergio's ambition? I mean, you know, from Sergio. No, I don't know. I don't think. I don't ask. I never ask him. But you know, it's one more Six Nations the World Cup. I think it's it's good for him to stop at the World Cup. But I don't know. It's his goal. But I think he's going that direction. To be honest. Okay, Joe. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we'll get back to whatever you. Doing was it dancing on ice or something? Heavy breathing. Just get back to the ironing, Castro. Get yeah, your ironing the board ironing, out. Mate. Get the ironing get board the out. Ironing yeah, board out have, you got, have, you, have you got an ironing lady in Italy as well? Talk about Sergio Parise though. Mate, yeah. What a shocking record he's just broken. Yeah. Hundred international defeats. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm a big Sergio fan, but his performances haven't been at the level of Sergio Parise. I think. And you look at the players that have coming in, Negri. Um, obviously, Pelledri, who I'm a huge fan of. There's talk of Parise moving up to the second, second row, mate. If you exactly. can go, you can go, right? Zani's obviously there. He's old school as well. He's 34. He's fact. Um, he's moved from the back row to the second row. Potentially, Matt, I'd move him up. I would. Yeah. Matt, I would. The, the back row, the players that are coming through now, and this is when you talk about Conor O'Shea doing a fantastic job there. People are questioning whether Italy should still be in it. I think they should off the back of that 100%. performance, mate. And all the game, mate. Even the England game, yeah. Mate, patches you, of that, yeah. You saw patches of that. Their attack. They need strength and depth. Yeah, that's what they need now. And you mentioned some of the players there. The fifteen, what's he called? Min, Minot, 
mate, what a player he is. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and so it may, he'd get into he'd get into the England team, I reckon. I think he made a Mike Brown, no problem. Do, do you know what I mean? So yeah. they, they've now got players, Bellini. These players are turning up, mate. Yeah. We're actually um, we're actually now international celebrities. The rugby pod, of course, we are. Uh, big rugby nation in New Zealand. Big listeners to the rugby pod. Uh, they actually uh, got us on. Now we're going uh, live to well, live into New Zealand into the Radio Sport Breakfast Show, which is a prime time slot for New Zealand. You're welcome. Radio Sport Breakfast. Our international rugby with Access Solutions solving your access problems. Just to quickly unpack uh, the story from overnight, World Rugby to investigate uh, the defeat by Spain to Belgium in a World Rugby qualifier. Uh, So Belgium beat Spain. Romania therefore qualifies for a World Cup. So Spain loses. Romania has qualified for next year's Rugby World Cup. Here's the problem, though, as we see it. Belgium beating Spain, the game was controlled by a Romanian referee. Hang on, hang on. The penalty count in the game, and you can read whatever you want into a penalty count. The NRL coaches do it every week. 25-4. Hang on, hang on, hang on. With the penalty count dished out to Spain by the Romanian referee. The referee from Romania was appointed by Rugby Europe, not by World Rugby. Hang on. The president of Rugby Europe is Romanian. Uh, joining us now on the programme from London, Jim Hamilton and Andy Good, both former players, of course, of some repute. They are oh, the yeah. hosts of the Rugby Pod, and we welcome them into Radio Sport Breakfast. Hi, fellas. Morning, guys. Morning. Did you guys also hear that result and go, hang on? Yeah, crazy. Crazy. T- we, you've got a Romanian referee, and if Spain lose, Romania go through. It's, it's shocking. Yeah, and it's all the stuff that's out there now that... You know, is it corruption? We don't know. Obviously, World Rugby are looking into it, and you've seen that. You mentioned the penalty count. You know, twenty-four penalties to four. You know, or whatever it was. It's absolutely ridiculous. So something's clearly not right. I don't know whether it can be overturned. I don't know whether the game can be replayed. But yeah, it's not look good. One thing I will say though is, if you, if you saw the scenes after the game, as bad as the ref must have been, there's no place for players chasing the referee around the the pitch at all for me. Yeah, the Spanish players yeah. went wild. Let's move on to Six Nations, and we'll go to you um, uh, first, Andy. Uh, England. Right now, um, there's a lot of talk about, like, well, have they stagnated? Are they too tired or whatever? What was your read on it, on England's performance in the Six Nations? They finished fifth. They finished fifth. I, I, they finished fifth in the Six Nations. <laughs> second from bottom. <laughs> I haven't seen any games to be honest. I don't know what you're talking about. Are we not still the second best team in the world or what? No, um, we do. We look jaded. Um, and, you know, Eddie Jones talks about heading for the World Cup and trying to win that and trying to knock the New Zealanders off the number one perch. We are miles away um, with the team. And you look at fixtures, and we did go on that amazing run of, of wins, but they were favourable fixtures. We didn't play you guys, didn't play the big dogs. We had an Australian team that were post-World Cup, underpowered, underperforming, missing a load of players. Uh, and we went over there and won 3-0. And we made that out to be a huge deal, which it is for us to go to Australia and win 3-0. You guys do it all the time, no doubt. But in reality... We've got players that are getting picked off the back of the credit they've got in the bank for 2016 and 2017, um, which they're not playing, they're not informed. Dylan Hartley, he's a Kiwi, he shouldn't be captain. Um, on form, he's pretty poor. And um, players like Mike Brown, their time is up for me, I'm afraid. Uh, we're talking to the boys from the Rugby Pod. It is the number one uh, rugby podcast in the world. You get it from all the places where you find uh, your podcast. Andy Good's been with us. Uh, Jim Hamilton is uh, with us as well. Jim, when you look at, at even the game plan, though, of England, did you see... Um, do you think they're holding something back? Because it seemed to be quite sort of conservative. I did. I don't know if you can tell by the accent as well that I was supporting Scotland. And um, so yeah. I, I, it was nice to see England finish fifth. But <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it was a bit of everything. Not even the game plan. They just didn't have the ability to get over the game line. And, you know, we've been talking about it on the podcast tonight. And I think everyone agrees that Billy Vanapola being injured, a huge loss. But... They just look lost. You know, there's question marks over Ford as well, who was playing 10 for the majority of the Six Nations with Farrell at 12. It just looked like they didn't have any attacking structure. And Eddie Jones is obviously coaching the attack. You know, they've spoken about this week that they're potentially bringing in an attack coach. You know, what does that say about Eddie Jones in himself? Is he taking too much on himself? I think the big thing for me was around the breakdown, though. They couldn't get any clean ball around there. So that's question marks over the back row. Rob Shaw has obviously been in the team a long time. But I think all aspects of it, the England team aren't in a good place. They look broken. I'm just not sure whether 18 months out from a World Cup or whatever it is that they can fix the things that need fixing. So the spotlight's on England now. The players are massively paid, uh, hugely high profile, uh, and they look tired. So there's going to be a lot of thinking needs to be done. And I imagine a lot of restructuring in in that team 
and we'll see come what, what they do in the summer tour against South Africa because Goody mentioned a lot of them players look tired and I've played with them and, and know a lot of the players and they are tired. Hey guys, uh, nice to talk to you. Really appreciate it. Uh, we might touch base for the end of year tour. Thank you so much. And Cheers, everyone, boys. if uh, you want to get their knowledge on stuff, uh, all the rest of the Six Nations are covering it off on the, the rugby pod. And it's let's get uh, uh, with our friend Andy Rowe uh, from New Zealand, who you might remember last year told us the story of... No one's ever heard of Andy Rowe. <laughs> <laughs> Wales 14-13 over France. Bit of a lacklustre game for you guys. Uh, yeah, it was a bit. But you look at, to be fair to France... Uh, they had the best defensive record in terms of tries conceded. And you look at a lot of their games. Scotland game aside, because there was a bit of a points fest, wasn't it? Forget the Italy game. The other three games, Ireland, England and uh, Welsh games, were low-scoring games. They're difficult to, to shift around. And, and teams sort of get dragged down to their one-out ball-carrying rugby a bit, don't it's they? It's a slugfest. Yeah. It is a slugfest. But I think if you asked anyone before the Six Nations where Wales were going to finish, I would have said in the bottom half of the table just with the amount of injuries that they've had. Um, but I've been really impressed. I say, you know, Bar Ireland, obviously, outstanding winners of the Grand Slam. You know, I've been really impressed with Wales. And that's the thing, you look at it, and Jim said it then about pre-Six Nations with all those injuries, missing all those players. All of a sudden, Warren Gatland has got some depth in the squad. Um, and that's, you know, leading up to a World Cup, that's what you need. All right, we're now joined by Jamie Roberts. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Jamie. Evening, how are we? Good, good, Doctor, how are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Tough days training, prepping for Saracens at the weekend. So, oh, the cup final, the cup final, mate. The cup, the, the cup final, mate, indeed. Jamie, uh, uh, are we friends? By the way, can I ask that? Are we, me and you friends? Uh, There's a pause there. I'd no, I'd like to think so, mate. That's a no. That's <laughs> we a are. no. We were in Monaco together. Um, indeed, Jamie. Straight into a bit of ruggers, mate. So Wales finishes second, which in all accounts is good Which, were you expecting that before the tournament or did you think that Wales could potentially win it or you know finish lower down yeah I thought Wales had a great chance of winning it actually um, look you know when they when you look at their games against England and Ireland which are the only two games they lost they were one score games you know Wales had a chance in that last minute and it was obviously a seven pointer against them but they could have potentially nicked a victory out in Dublin um, and obviously everyone saw that Wales-England game as well which which was very close so as much as the lads I think they'll be pretty gutted that uh, they didn't win it and obviously Ireland you know full credit they deserve to win it I think second place is not you know not, not a huge problem I think they'll be very pleased to finish second after playing some quite enterprising rugby yeah, I thought their, their game's come on a bit, actually. And obviously, you're um, still probably harbouring hopes of getting back in the squad. Have you had much um, dialogue with Warren Gatland or anything? Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, I spoke to the coaches before the, uh, before the tournament. And, um, you know, there are reasons why I was left out. And, you know, that's uh, stuff to work on. Um, I just have to get my head down and keep playing hard. And, yeah, it's, it's always been a massive motivation, you know, to play test rugby. So, um, it's something I, you know, get up every day and, and work hard towards. And, you know, you do that by uh, playing well for your club. So, you know, I just keep trying to put in the good performances of Quinns and uh, let selection take care of itself, really. Control yeah. the controllables. So. And then talking about crossed. talking about club rugby and stuff, obviously it's been announced that you're moving to Bath next season, so congrats on that. A um, lot of Welsh boys down there, but apart from half a million quid a year, what made you move down to Bath? <laughs> well, not like your deal in Newcastle, pal. Jesus. Yeah, look, it ticks a lot of boxes. They're a competitive club. Right? Now, they're a club that want to be around the top four every year. A club they are going to hopefully playing the top tier of Europe next year they're close to obviously it's a bit a step closer to home um, and I get to stay in the premiership which I've enjoyed it's such a competitive league and you're playing real tough opposition week in week out and in quality rugby games in front of full crowds and you know Bath's a traditional rugby club and I quite like that about Bath um, it's a bit like Quinns in that respect it's a kind of old school rugby ground um, and in a, in a fantastic place which is you know Bath I've spent quite a lot of time there growing up uh, when I lived in Wales and uh, just excited but I've got a job to do with Quinns uh, before the end of the season we're um, we're aiming for the top six. I know it's going to be pretty tough to get there, and that starts on a weekend against uh, Saris at Olympic Park, which should be awesome. And watching Saracens, I know you would have done preview. You might not want to say t- too much about it, but you know they've been a little bit out of sorts. You've been surprised with how Saracens have been playing. Are you just focusing on your game? Because joking aside, obviously, I said that I know this is a big game. It is like a derby game for Harlequins against Saracens. Um, what have you thought of yeah, the no, Saracens? It's always, it's always a big game, isn't it? I think Quinn Saris. Um, I didn't appreciate that rivalry till I got to Quinns, actually. Um, and yet you appreciate it's kind of one of the biggest games of the season, actually, playing Saris. That's probably a sign of respect uh, to all the Saracens and, and how successful they've been domestically and in Europe over the last uh, last five years. So, like I said, it's a massive game. Saris have obviously 
they went through quite a uh, bad run of losses earlier in the season, and they've lost the last few uh, Premiership games as well. So, luckily, like there'll be pressure on them. However, they've got some you know pretty special players coming back from Test duty uh, this weekend, as of we. And you know, it was great to see those lads today <clears throat> coming back into Quinns. You know, the likes of Joe Marler, Robbo, Danny uh, Brownie, um, these lads coming back in. You know, ready to channel that disappointment from the weekend and from their campaign into their you know into their club team how, how have they been this uh, over the first day back are they bouncing to get back in a quinch are they down and and gloomy or yeah it takes time man it takes time and you know when you play in a, a six nations campaign um like that you know for those lads which has been disappointing you go back to your club and at the start of the week you know the last thing you're thinking obviously is playing a match on the following weekend and then throughout the week then obviously those players will be managed and um, come Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they'll they'll grow into the match Saturday, and uh, you know come Saturday they'll be bouncing and ready to go again. It's it's difficult to start the week, you know, after a Six Nations campaign. Certainly for those England lads, they they would be massively disappointed at the week after the weekend. And uh, it's important we look after them now, the early part of the week, and uh, get them fully integrated into training towards the tail end of the week. All right, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really enjoyed it, and uh, best of luck for the rest of the season. And hopefully you can work your way back into that Welsh side uh, sometime soon, mate. Top man. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Jeremy. Cheers, Cheers, mate. Mate. The doc. Half a minute, Bath. Did it sound like we were friends or not? No. Um, no. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no. Well, they a... did say mate at one point. <laughs> yeah. Well, he yeah, did, yeah, I was going to say, he, did, he called me mate a few times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that's just a figure of speech, isn't it? But it's just his, his pause was pretty clear to me when you asked him. You well, went, it was a little bit awkward, yeah. I, went, I, I told you, it's the Quinns thing. Well, they ate me. I don't know what yeah. it is. Well, what know, it is I battered most of the team when I played them. It but. was interesting that because he said, you know, when we used to play, I was going to butt in when he's talking about the the game at Wembley. He said when we used to play against each other, you're always on the fucking bench, Jim. What's he? No, on no, about? I used to play against. No, I've never heard of that. They were like Jim going fill in a few boys. I was like, you're welcome, Smalley. But yeah, mate, I've been impressed with Wales. I'm a fan of Gatland again. What's happening with Howley? He looks he's like he's about fucking sixty. <laughs> His grey hairs. This podcast is very ruggers, and I'm loving it. I am loving <laughs> Hadley, Hadley Parks. Hadley Parks. Yeah, we just spoke to Jamie Roberts. Hadley Parks. Yeah. First Six Nations. Played really well. Yeah. What about France? What about Francois Trampeau? Francois Trampeau. I yeah. mean, stinker. Mate, what? What about the forward pass? That was like under sixes stuff. Forward pass? What about the ball that come off his head and he's blaming his knee? Yeah, he's, know, yeah. his, he's like, oh, he my, kicked oh it. my knee! <laughs> you no. have to, he, to be fair to Tranduke, he's either that bad. Trampoop. Trampoop, or he's pretty good. Uh, there's no in between with him, and you know, as tens, a lot of tens have had games like that. I've had 75 percent of my games were like that, to be fair. But he's had an absolute shocker. Could have won it for him with a relatively easy kick. Machino, straightforward, wasn't it? Machino is kicking at 90 percent or something throughout the tournament. He's gone off, mate. Let's they are they are trampo. Get the tea out. But let's talk about your mate, your bastard, who you, you can't call you've him absolutely You've and he has come back, and he is monstering boys. England's demise is all because of you. Because England's of demise. Yeah, because of I trained them that hard. The, the French, so obviously Scotland, Scotland, Scotland started. That, that was because of me, my influence. Right. And then the French game, oh, you bastard. He is monstering boys. And apparently, he's got all the, the bibs on the opposition team to wear Andy Goode mask, mate. <laughs> so we can absolutely. Mate, to be fair them. to him, he's, he's bounced back. And, he, you know, he is very good at what he does, let's be honest. Um, he's bloody hard to get off the ball. Imagine and if we he was played, a stone lighter. Tactically, we were poor. We should have gone with someone testing him with footwork. I spoke to Gordon Darcy at the weekend, and he was like, "Why are you picking Bentio at thirteen to go against Bastero for France when you should pick someone like Daly or Jonathan Joseph with ludicrous footwork that can just skin him alive?" Well, talking of skinning alive, mate, we've got an average French Frenchman on the phone, haven't we? Chris Ashton, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. Come um, on, come on, Savam, mon ami, c'est uh, bon. Bonjour, Chris. <laughs> Chris, are you speaking French or what, mate? Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying. Can you give us a little bit? Uh, no, I'm useless. Come on, let's have a conversation. Chris, je suis Jim. Je adore toi. You don't uh, say je suis, you say je m'appelle, but oh, there we I? go. Oh, God, no. Okay, no. Give it up, Jim. Uh, Ashi, we were just saying that we think that, even though, the well, basically the French beat the English, and we're blaming Goody now because he's Judas, your mate, Bastero, and he is raging, mate, so he's a one-round mecking ball. What's happened? What happened there, Goody? Well, mate, you can't say those things in the rugby field, so you have to out him. It's not on. I'm commentating. I'm talking you up on Sky. Chris Ashton's going to break the try record. This isn't record. about Ashton. This is about your Bastero. Ashy's, out, he's, Ashy's on fire. Bastero, what a shit bloke. I did hear though. You, should, you said I shouldn't. You don't think I'm any good at fullback. You think I'm useless. I didn't say useless. I said it's not your your best position, kid. I've, I've, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Or am I kicking? <laughs> Yeah. I do need some coaching if, you, if you're free, mate. Hell of a nudge, though, against... Was it, who was it against Saris? No, I, no idea. I, I don't, no, no, I, bath, bath. 
anyway, anyway, off that. Back, Actually, I've, I've never rated you anyway, mate. Full-back or winger. Full-back or winger, mate. I've never rated you, mate. Decent <laughs> bloke, shit at rugby. That's the opposite of what he said. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the French. How, how is it down there? Obviously, you're coached by uh, Fabien Gaultier. Jim calls him the cowboy. Um, how, is yeah. it, how is it down at Toulon? Um, different. <laughs> Are you on the market? Because we can get you a club next year, mate. Uh, we said different. <laughs> How is it, actually? Seriously, obviously, it is it's different. the motto. That's what they say. It's above every doorway here. It's different. Yeah. How are you enjoying it, mate? Because you are. I mean, you, in all seriousness, you've been playing well. You've scored a shed load of tries. It is very different. In what way? Like, are you enjoying it? Like part of the reason I went because uh, you're right. Manny. The way Manny. the way they play rugby. Like every team plays. Whereas in England, you can't because of the weather and because I, I, I don't know whether it's the way we're coached or whatever it is in England, but it's no risk rugby. It's always kick, get out your ass, and, and you can see when you watch talk. It's not like that. If there's an opportunity, they play. Play, 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 play. Yeah, sometimes it's too much. But a lot of the time, with the players that, that are here, if you give them the ball, like it is ridiculous. Like, I, I don't, I've never come across a player like Senny before, Senny Radrider. How oh, good is he? Oh man, he, top three, I'm best I've ever seen. What, what am I in the top five or not? Your top three worst, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> you did tell me that every day. You That's very that. true, mate. That's very true. I miss you, Ashley. Ashley, let's talk a little bit about this French thing. So we were talking about Francois Trampoop. Did you see the kickoff and then ultimately the ball bounced off his head and then he's trying to blame his knee? <laughs> <laughs> you see that stuff every week. From Trampo. Every week, I see it. From Trampo, or not? Just top 14. I don't, no, not from him. Not from him. I think he's good. I think Francois is a good player for us. He does well for us. Mate, it was good for Montpellier as well. We're only messing it around. It was just... Um... Maybe it's unfortunate it came off his head, but it happens to his all gym, you know that. Mate, it does, mate. It does, mate. Hands like tits. off my head a few times and I blamed it on you. Um, but what do you make of the French then? Obviously, been mixed. They had a few of the boys went out and smashed in Edinburgh, did a few things, apparently touched a few things, I don't know, maybe each other, and got in trouble. But what do you make overall of the French? Um, I think uh, Goody inspired Basta. Yeah. Yeah. Which, in turn, inspired the French team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It had a knock-on effect, and you know what they're like. As soon as they get ahead of steam or get a bit of confidence in them, they ended up winning a couple of games, and I think they'll be disappointed with that last game against Wales. But that's just what they're like. If they have confidence and they feel like they can play, the players feel good about it, and they're going to win. Do you think Goody really did inspire Best Row? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Has he? Did he? Has he said anything? Uh, he was miffed. He was miffed, was he? he I, I don't, I, he's quite a quiet character. He takes things. And keeps it to himself. He's quite uh, keeps it quiet. And but the lads were talking about it. The lads were the lads were missed about it. <laughs> like, why, is he, why is he doing this? It's what good he does, mate. He wants more followers on social media. Hey, fella, I should have looked after the fellow fat boy, shouldn't I? Eh? That's what I thought. No. And yeah, apparently you were there. I've got a spy down at Toulon. Apparently you were there going, yeah, that bloke's an absolute wanker. Boys just agreeing with them, were you? No, nah, I wouldn't do that. Ah, actually, mate. Good man, actually. I'm on my own here, man. The only Englishman knocking around. Are you absolutely loving it or what? Are you just loving the Euro? <laughs> I do like it. I like the change. I like the challenge. And what about the sun? You know what else I like? I like going to the different... I've not been to a lot of these clubs before in France yeah. and seeing it is... Away games is ridiculous. Something you don't get in England. Well, Toulon's the big crowd, the big pull, isn't it, over there for, for an away game? So you went to... You lost at Oyenar at the weekend, didn't you? Um, yeah, and um, I played at Oyenar again with Saracens. Yeah, we, we smashed them. a different place. That challenge is obviously something that comes with being a top team with like Toulon have been. And obviously you bar the loss at the weekend, you're in a pretty good position um, to get into the barrage and potentially top two as well, aren't you? Yeah, we're up there. Um thankfully we've we've got some we've got quite a few bonus points at home, but Murad wasn't too happy after the game on the weekend losing to Oynock. He cancelled he cancelled our plane home. Did he do that again, did he? He wasn't happy, mate. So you got so what, you, you, get the, you get on the bus home? Well I said um you said you find your own way home. And you just went home in the 60 grand Range Rover. <laughs> <laughs> I've not got a car here. I'm just into a little moped. Ah, nice. Well, you want to spend some of those euros, mate. And when you want to bring them back, give us a call because obviously I'm working in foreign exchange, Money Corp. I can help you oh, out with a I decent heard you were at Money Corp because yeah. you sacked off um, our Saracens, man. No, never heard of him. <laughs> never no, heard, no, of, never him, heard of him. Who is he? That's it, another bloke chasing you down. Actually, I actually think you and Goody are the two most hated men in world rugby, mate. <laughs> <laughs> 
Come on, I'm not that bad. I'm no, you're not. Man. He's good, like good lad, actually. But um, obviously, it has been very successful for you so far. Um, have you got your eye on uh, Napoli Nalanga's record? Uh, I talk about it a lot on Sky Sports. 2008, you got 21 um, tries. You're on 20, aren't you? Yeah. It'd be nice to get. These things always are. If it's there in front of you. Literally, all I've done is backed up good players. That is it. I've made a career out of it. But I just follow the right people. I know. You're welcome. When we play together for England, you're welcome. <laughs> Chris Ashton, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. And good luck with uh, chasing down that try scoring record, mate. Thanks. No problem at all. Cheers, Cheers Ashton. Ashton. Still hung like a squirrel. Cheers, mate. <laughs> is, he, is he actually hung like a squirrel? Not a hair in sight, mate. Not a hair in sight, hung like an absolute squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> now we're going to name our level rugby Six Nations 15. Uh, you can get on there and uh, enter the code POD10. You can 10% off everything on level-rugby.co.uk until midnight on Sunday, 25th of March. We're going to name our 15 now. Uh, Goody's going to do the backs. Jim's going to do the forwards. Uh, should we get into it now? Yeah, we'll go. Jim. Dylan Hartley's going to be my hooker. Let's go. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Um, you're a horrible bloke, aren't you? Mate, you're horrible, mate. You are horrible. You are. Mate, I'm going to Kick start... Kick a man Molly's down. Hooker, I'm going to go Stuart McAnally. Why don't we start off at number one? You know, mate, you're it would make sense. Middle of the scrum, mate. Yeah. We're going middle of the scrum. I'm going to go Kean Healy, number one. Beast mode. Unbelievable carrier. Uh, hooker, I'm going to go Stuart McAnally. Are you dreaming? Rory Best. We've got to have a debate. Mate, I can't have this. a whole Irish team in there, can I? They've won the Grand Slam. Mate, you can't right, have the whole well, Irish. Well, this team. is my team then. You can have all the Irish backs. Okay. Um, Rory Best, so Stuart, Stuart McNally, you're absolutely yep. dreaming. Mate, he has been on fire. Look at his stats. Clueless. Um, tight head, I'm going to go Dan Colt. No, I'm not. Tight head, I'm going to go Tad Furlong, of course. Yeah, easy. Mate, even if, even if he hadn't done anything else apart from that no look pass, I would have picked him. James Ryan from Ireland as well. I'm going to go for him. Dean Budd, really good in the line-out. Johnny Gray was close, but I can't name all the Scottish lads, La- can Launchbury. I? Launchbury. No. Carry on. I'm going to go Barkley at six. Yeah. Uh, because he's my best mate, and he doesn't even like you, but and he was he has played like a oh, hero. Mate, that England game for me was just a standout okay. moment for, for. And I'm going to go Paledri just off the back of that Italy game. One game. It's yeah, off team, one game. Mate, I, I'm going to pick. I've got. A, I like him for that guy. Mm. So I'm going to go for him on there. I'm going to go CJ Stander as well because he's been on form. I'm yeah, mate, who are you going then? You're going to go Sexton. You're going to go Murray. Well, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Murray at Murray at nine. Standard. Uh, How good looking a man is he? I like the way you can be that honest and open about things like that. Jim. Okay. That's very nice. That's fine. Yeah. Hell of a bush. Hell of a bush, bush mate, but decent looking bloke. Big, big, hairy black bush he's got. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Jet yeah. black. He's got jet black hair. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, Johnny Sexton and his uh, massive cojones in theory, but his teabag balls in, in another life. Yeah. Uh, at 10. Uh, wingers, you're welcome. Stockdale. Of course. Easy pick, that is Stockdale. And Keith Earls. Name he, me, you know. Keith Earls na- looks about 50. Yeah, but you talk about Stockdale's done all the. Hollywood try scoring hero status. The graft that, if you watch Ireland, the graft that Keith Earls puts in, phenomenal. Uh, his work rate, his defence, and he allows other players to make things happen as well. Uh, outstanding. Centres, inside centre, I was stuck between Bundyaki, I love Bundyaki, and Hadley Parks. So I can't go all Irish. So I'm going to go Hadley Parks at 12. And Hugh Jones at 13. Um, outside centre is a tough call because in reality, Hugh Jones has been, for three games, pretty special. Last um, three has not been great. But then Ringrose dominated him uh, over in Ireland, didn't he? Yeah. Ringrose absolutely dominated him. And I'm going to go Ringrose after uh, his last two games. He's a Grand Slam winner. Grand, Grand Slam Mate, winner. It's hard not to look past the Irish. Um, and then at fullback, it's not really left field. You're going Italy, I'm you? going Italy. I'm Mate. going Matteo Minosi. Four Mate. tries in four games. Yeah, um, for an Italian, he's, I think he's 21, youngster, outstanding um, you know, you look at all the other fullbacks. Stuart Hogg went okay in a couple of games, but nothing Stuart Hogg esque. Uh, Most meters in the Six Nations, yeah, yeah, yeah. Today, but it doesn't matter. Mate, yeah, good choice. Uh, Mike Brown was average, uh, bang average as well. Watson, Carney was good. Carney was good, and Carney answered, to be fair, a lot of questions of him before. And we 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 questioned his selection. Everyone wanted Lama to play. He answered Ireland's call. He, uh, yeah, yeah, well played. Him. Well played See what him. I've done. Um, but so yeah, Minosi fullback. There's my there's my backline. That's uh, level rugby Six Nations fifteen. You can enter the code Pod ten and get ten percent off everything on level rugby.co.uk until midnight on Sunday the 25th of March let's finish it off with what's been good what's been bad and what's been ugly in rugby over the last week well, it's, it's fairly obvious what's going to win the good this week but there's a few other good bits and we're starting in a town of my birth the town of Jim's upbringing in our Coventry Edinburgh. homes Jim Edinburgh 
You, you lived in Edinburgh for about 18 months, <laughs> mate. Um, Coventry, uh, sealed promotion to the championship this week with a 55-12 win at Coldy. They're back in the championship. They're back on the up. There's a bit of cash there. It'd be great to see them make a bit of a fist of it in the championship I next think with Santu well. too small, mate, they could win the Aviva Premiership. Mate. <laughs> so. uh, I mentioned it before, Matteo Minozzi has scored four tries in four Six Nations straight games. Uh, pretty special. But in reality, there's only one team to talk about this year, this week. Everything is all about Ireland. And you can pick out some individuals. Jacob Stockdale, most tries in a Six Nations campaign. Tad Furlong, getting man of the match at the weekend. 12 carries, 18 tackles, zero missed tackles. And that lovely little ball off the top of the line out. And he can dance. Yeah. Uh, Peter Omani, anyone see that? Gave his medal to um, Jennifer Malone, a lovely little fan, uh, after the game, which oh, was a pretty special moment. Nice. Um, and yeah, have a little look at that if you can on social media. It's a really nice touch. Uh, but overall, the goo this week just has to go to... Scotland. Ireland. Oh. Joe Schmidt, his cats, the lot. Ireland, Grand Slam, third time they've ever done it. Dominant throughout the tournament. Started with Sexton's massive cojones, and um, it's got better and better from them. So well done to Ireland. Yeah. Well done. Well done. The bad. Mm, let's go to France, shall we? Of course. We spoke, we spoke, about, <laughs> we spoke about him. Uh, and actually, before we go to him, we're going to talk about his team, Toulon. Lost. We heard from Ashley before. Lost away at Oyana. Oyana were bottom of the league. Toulon, all their millions, going up to Oyana, thinking we're the big dogs. We can rock up. No, you got turned over. That's and you're not, bad. you're not allowed to get on your flight home. And you couldn't get your flight home, so you had to walk uh, with your Range Rover in the background. <laughs> um, so that was pretty bad. But we're going to a Toulon player who played for France, Francois Trampou Tranduc. His uh, defending for Liam Williams' try was absolutely shocking. Misses an easy kick that would have won France the game, and that shocking forward pass amongst the ball off his head here we go absolute stinker uh, the bad this week has to go to Francois Trampou uh, and then the ugly well there's this big uh, investigation that's going to happen now between uh, European rugby and we heard from people earlier about the referee being Romanian between the game between Belgium and Spain Spain only needs to beat Belgium they get qualified for the World Cup the fact that they are lost they, are they out now then? no they're going to a repechage they play I okay. think they play Portugal yeah, over yeah, two yeah. legs okay. then the winner of that plays Samara so they're done Samara winning that no yeah. problems um, but they, if they won that game they go through to the World Cup. Referee was Romanian. Twenty four penalties. Twenty four penalties Spain. against Spain and four against uh, Belgium. Apparently, the linesman was Romanian. They're all Romanian. Why don't you take it out of the situation and like they did with the touch judge that went to England training, take him out of it. But the other thing was, and Spain have got every right to be angry, but the scenes at the end of the game are absolutely shocking uh, and very ugly. I know he's had a stink of the ref, but still, even if the referees had a shocker, whether you agree with it or not. You can't chase him around the field and go wild. And they did, but hopefully World Rugby look at it. You've got to respect the referee, otherwise our game is gone. Um, it ends up being like football people chasing referees around the field. Ugly scenes. The ugly whistle this week goes to that game between Belgium and Spain. All right, that is the good, the bad, the ugly, and another episode of the Rugby Pod. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and uh, check out Eventbrite for details on all the upcoming live shows, etc. Rugby Pod. Rugby Pod. Pod, pod, pod. Thank you.